Domestic violence is more common in relationships than you would think. Oftentimes, cases go under the radar and the abuser faces no consequences. Sometimes the abuser is reported to authorities and they face criminal charges. But in today's case, we'll talk about a woman who took matters with her abuser into her own hands. Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Escape. Let's get right into it. Today's case is about a young lady by the name of Kiranjit Aluhalia. In 1997, at the age of 20, Kiranjit left her home in Punjab, India and traveled to Canada, where she visited her sister. Shortly after her visit with her sister in Canada, in July of 1979, she traveled to the UK where she married her husband, Depak, who she had only met once before that, by the way. And I'm really sorry if I'm botching these names. At the time when she moved to the UK, she only spoke a little English. When she got there, she moved in with her husband's family in London. And Kiranjit says that after she moved in with his family, Deepak immediately began to abuse her. Kiranjit later on stated that she suffered from domestic abuse for about 10 years, including physical violence, food deprivation, and marital rape. Uh, she actually came out and gave an interview later on after this whole thing. And this is what she has to say about about how Deepak treated her. She says, I did not want to say anything to spoil my family's excitement, and I hoped it would not continue. He would push me about, yank my hair, hit me and drop heavy pans on my feet. I was treated like a slave. Some people might not understand what she means when she says, I do not want to spoil my family's excitement, but when it comes to places like India and some places in India and they say Asia and Africa, sometimes a marriage has got a huge impact on not just the people that are getting married, but also the families. Maybe telling the families that this is what is going on in my marriage or trying to break that marriage doesn't just hurt the married people, it also hurts all the families that are involved. And in some cases can actually bring great shame to the family. Just for the simple fact of, you know, divorcing or something like that. But she didn't say anything about that. This is just my take on how different scenarios can affect families from places like Africa or Asia. Kiranjit also said that Deepak also sexually abused her frequently, telling her that it was his right. She received no help from his family and Deepak threatened them if they ever intervened. I just feel for her because... They are living with his family and most of the time people behave when, you know, they're around their parents and stuff. But for him to be acting this way in front of his family and they can't really do anything about it, then I'm just thinking, then what could she even do? Kiranjit did try to ask her family for help, but there was not much help that she could get from there. Her family told her that it was a matter of her family's honor that she remained married to him. She ultimately did try to run away as well from home, but she was soon found by her husband and brought back. I'm thinking that even if she did run away from home, being a foreigner in a foreign country, I don't think she could even go very far because where could she go? She can't really speak English and I'm sure she doesn't really know anyone besides her family. I mean, she just moved to London recently, so that's really a tough situation. The couple did stay married and over the years Kiranjit had two sons. Kiranjit says that her sons often witness the violence. However, even though Kiranjit does say this, 
Her sons never gave evidence supporting this in court or when they had their interview with the police before the trial. One evening in the night of 1989, Kiranjit was allegedly attacked by her husband. When she had gone to sleep after cooking Deepak's dinner, he woke her up and he demanded money. When she refused, he tried to break her ankles by twisting them. He then picked up a hot iron and held it to her face. At this point, Karen Jid had had enough of all this. I mean, it had been years. Later that night, whilst her husband was sleeping, Karen Jid was just consumed with all the rage that she had been suppressing for 10 years. She took some petrol and some caustic sodium mixture from the garage and she mixed it to create napalm. I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> she poured this all over the bed. Some articles say that she just spread it over his feet and others say she spread it over the bed, so I don't know. She then set her husband on fire and ran to the garden with her three-year-old son. Depak suffered from severe burns over 40% of his body. He ended up dying 10 days later in a hospital from complications of severe burns and sepsis. Kiranjit, who at the time could only speak broken English, was arrested and ultimately charged for murder. During an interview after the incident, she stated that, I decided to show him how much it hurt. At times, I had tried to run away, but he would catch me and beat me even harder. I decided to burn his feet so he couldn't run after me. I wanted to give him a scar like those he had given me to have him suffer pain as I had. Now, from her statement... She says that she wanted to burn his feet. So I guess this does uh, coincide with the articles that said that she just poured the petrol over his feet. Does it really make a difference of where exactly she poured it? Maybe not. But I don't know. To me, it's like if you pour the petrol over his feet, maybe you're trying to stop him from running away. And you just want to like buy yourself some time to get far enough. But if you pour the petrol over the whole bed and you set him on fire then i guess you're trying to kill him because what else is gonna happen if you light this man's whole body on fire well i guess it doesn't matter the thing is that she was done and the only reason why i say this is because some of this is gonna come up in the trial so i guess that's just something for you to think about does it really make a difference if she's only trying to like hurt part of his body or if she's trying to kill him but you also have to take into consideration the abuse that she had been through. So after this incident, Kiranjit was convicted of murder in December of 1989. At the trial, the prosecution argued that although on the night of the event she had been threatened with a hot iron, the fact that she had waited until her husband had gone to sleep was evidence that she had time to cool off. I guess this is something that we also have to think about is that... If she had time to cool off, was there a better decision that she could have made? But one can also say that at this point she had reached a breaking point because she had tried to run away in the past and he just went ahead and brought her back home. So maybe this time she wanted to make sure that she could get further enough. But then she just ran to the garden. I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking at the details of the case. I don't know. Everyone can form their own opinion. In addition, the prosecution claimed that her prior knowledge to mix caustic soda with petrol to create napalm was not common knowledge and so was proof that she had planned her husband's murder. This is another thing because I didn't even, I don't even know what caustic soda is. So I don't know how she knew how to do this. 
that does raise eyebrows because it seems like she was planning this because it's like how did you know how to make that one would think that if your intention is to burn someone i guess petrol would be enough i don't even know what i'm saying you shouldn't even be burning anyone in the first place but i think you get my point if you just wanted to burn someone i think petrol would be enough making the napalm is just raising eyebrows at the time of her trial kirandit's lawyers did not bring up the violence that she later claimed that she endured and the prosecution suggested that kirandit was motivated by jealousy because her husband was having repeated affairs she was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison the fact that they brought up the repeated affairs in court means that there is evidence of these affairs and that definitely is another thing that can be taken into consideration domestic violence and a mixture of affairs is definitely motive for what she did most cases would kind of end here because well murder is murder and no matter what the circumstances people normally go spend a huge chunk of their lives in prison but Kiranjit's case is unique because her case eventually came to the attention of the South Hall Black Sisters and they helped her press for a mistrial Kiranjit's conviction was overturned on appeal in 1992 on grounds of insufficient counsel since Kiranjit had not been aware that she could plead guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility so by her not knowing that she could do this um it does definitely not work in her fa- in her favor in addition it was brought to light that she was suffering from severe depression when she lashed back at her husband her counsel said that this had an effect on her decision making abilities After the mistrial was declared, another prosecution was not attempted. The reason why I decided to cover Kiranjit's case today is because it helped raise awareness for domestic violence in families of non-English speaking immigrants in western countries and changed the laws for domestic abuse victims in the United Kingdom. Her case is now known in British legal textbooks as RV Aluhalia. Her case changed the definition of the word provocation in cases of battered women this was done to reclassify her crime as manslaughter instead of murder what's crazy is that Kiranjit's son is studying law and one day he came home and he said that he was surprised to see that they were learning about her case in his class that just shows you how much of an impact that her case had on how people view domestic violence now Kiranjit's successful appeal against her murder conviction set a historic precedent. It showed that women who kill as a result of severe domestic violence should not be treated as cold-blooded killers. As Kiranjit says, I never intended to kill him. I just wanted him to stop hurting me. In the same year as her appeal, her case led to the freeing of two women who were also imprisoned under similar circumstances. If I'm not mistaken the names are Emma Humphries and Sarah Thornton. This just goes to show how Kiranjit's case has directly helped people who are in similar situations as her. There is definitely a difference between a cold-blooded murderer and someone who has just reached their breaking point and feels like they have no way out. I'm not saying that they should not get any time sentence, but I guess there should be a difference. 
between or spend your life forever in jail or spend this amount of time in jail and get some help. In 2001, Kiranjit was honored at the first Asian Women Awards in recognition for her strength, personal achievements, determination, and commitment in helping to bring light to the subject of domestic violence. She wrote an autobiography after that. Uh, it was called The Circle of Light. Kiranjit went on to achieve many great things after this situation. A film was also made about her code and provoked it was made on the subject of her Kiranjit's experience. Her story is also fictionalized in, in the film Provoked, which was screened at the 2007 Keynes Film Festival. And during the screening of the movie, Karanjit actually sat with the character that played her in the movie. It's kind of touching because they were sitting there holding hands and sobbing through the most violent scenes in the movie. After all this experience, it does seem like Karanjit is doing way better now. An interviewer who spent time with her says that Karanjit has been transformed from a coward woman with little confidence into a strong, bright, funny individual. The interviewer says that it's obvious that she is enjoying life now and once again she is an happy individual that she was before her marriage. Kiranjit says that she had a happy childhood and was not used to being treated badly until she met Deepak. Kiranjit says that she is often approached by other women in the street. They are always eager to come up to her and talk about their own experiences of domestic violence. Kiranjit says, Before my case, it was far worse for Asian women suffering with domestic violence. They used to feel shame and family honor was seen as important more than their suffering. But now, at least those women can look at me as a survivor. It is still very important for Kiranjit that women are inspired by her story of survival. She says, I want to show the women who are suffering that they are not weak. We are hard workers. We are strong. Women can do anything and we can do it without men. That's all for the details of today's case. Um, for my thoughts on the case... I think this is a really thought-provoking case. It makes you think and question how we respond to criminals. The usual process is killing is bad, so murder equals life in prison. But when you look at this case, there are so many things that need to be considered, such as domestic violence and also just the cultural pressure. When you're in a foreign country and the only people that you can rely on are your husband and your family, it puts you in a little box. But what happens when your husband abuses you and when you turn to your family, they say it's probably not good for you to leave because that can affect our family in a bad way. What do you do then? I can understand how she could have felt trapped. And if you're saying, oh, why didn't she just run away? At the time, her English was not good. And honestly, where could she even go? Is she just supposed to start sleeping on the streets? As a woman, is that really safe? If you're living in a foreign country, let's just face it. Immigrants do not get treated nice in most places of the world. It's the same. It doesn't matter if it's America, UK, or wherever. Immigrants do not get treated nicely. Especially if you cannot speak the language. Firstly, you're just an open target. Just to anyone because you seem like you can easily be taken advantage of. And two, like, no one respects you. I remember there was this one um, 
I think he was a murderer from Canada and he said I think he was a Chinese immigrant in Canada if I'm not mistaken and what he said has always stuck with me he wasn't really good with speaking english because you know uh the main language in china is chinese and he migrated to canada he said i wish you knew how smart i sound in my language and that's something that really stuck with me because often times when you cannot communicate often times when you cannot communicate with someone you often view them as they are dumb or something like that and we see that in so many videos these days there are so many videos online majority of these videos are normally from the US where we see these Koreans going like do you speak english or whatever like here we speak english and all this stuff and they say it in a way which kind of makes you seem dumb like we speak english here can you not speak english and it's something that you cannot get until you're in that situation even though these videos are normally from the US the US is just more free and open with sharing such things and it's more uh accepting to receiving this type of videos but trust me it's not the only place where this goes on all over the world these things happen what i'm trying to say is that this is just one of the ways that she could have not been able to integrate on her own into society she just moved to london she doesn't know the area well she doesn't know anyone there all she knows is her family it's really understandable for me how she could have felt trapped and felt like this is my only way to get away from this guy like how do i get away let me just remind you that was you listening to this story it's very easy from your life point of view to say oh i could have done this or i could have done that but in reality you never really know until you're in that situation now am i saying that i agree with what she did obviously murder should never be the answer but in the same breath i have to say that i've never been in that situation i don't know what i'll do i've never been in a domestic violence situation where i am living with this guy and i don't know what i can do to just get out i don't know i've never been in that situation so all i can do is just empathize with her situation and try to understand her situation and i'm hoping that everyone listening to this can do the same because her case has really helped um a lot of people i think even more than is documented because even though her case helped those two ladies out of jail i'm sure there are many other asian immigrants who have moved to whether be it the uk or wherever i'm sure they felt some type of motivation to know that they can also get through their situation domestic violence is way more common than you would think it is and it has a whole range it can go from straight up beatings to mental abuse there is a whole range to it i just think that cases like this and people like this speaking out is important because things don't have to go to that extent of murdering someone there needs to be a better way of getting help to these men and women who are in domestic violence relationships before it gets to that situation and if it does get to that situation i think we need to have a little empathy it shouldn't just be like oh you murdered now we're going to lock you up for the rest of your life we're not just going to consider anything that happened to you or that might have led you to committing this murder i just think that everything needs to be taken into consideration so that we can give the appropriate 
the amount of punishment for the crime committed. I hope that this case can give strength to anyone who is in a domestic violence situation in their relationship to hopefully make it out of it. You are definitely not alone. There are many more cases just like Kiranjit's out there. Many more survival cases. Anyway, that's it for today and thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for my next episode and just a reminder... There's a lot of good stew out there in the world and please go out there and be the good that you want to see in the world. Bye.